Welcome to Petrolicious Talks. Conversations, stories, and deep dives celebrating all the automotive world has to offer. Join me, Afshin Benia, founder of Petrolicious, as we chat with designers and drivers, enthusiasts and entrepreneurs, collectors and craftsmen, examining what they drive and what drives them. Today's guest is Fabrizio Giugiaro, renowned automotive designer, industrial designer, architect, and wonderful bon vivant whom I'm proud to call my friend. Fabrizio started his career joining his father at his iconic design studio, Ital Design. After selling that to the VW Group, Fabrizio, along with his father, Giorgetto, founded a couple of new ventures, GFG Style and Giugiaro Architettura, taking on large-scale architectural projects and new automotive designs. In total, they have penciled over 400 projects and over 60 million cars in circulation today bear their designs. This episode features a visual companion where you can view photos related to this talk. You can find this visual companion at petrolicious.com slash Giugiaro. Thank you for joining me, Fabrizio. Hello, everybody. Ciao. Thanks so much. Right now, obviously, it's quarantine time and you uh, are stuck in the UK, correct? In this moment, yes. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Very good. I love the story of you and your father. And I was recently speaking with Andrea Zagato as well. And he obviously joined his family business as well. And I'm going to ask you kind of the same question I asked him. What was it like growing up with your father, such a <laughs> two arts car fans, a legend? So how was it like growing up with him? And when did you get involved in the family business? So when uh, I started, honestly, I don't know, because I was born <laughs> immediately uh, during the Geneva Motor Show, because my my birthday is March the 7th. So it's, my father just said to me, hello, and then he went to Geneva. <laughs> and that is my destiny. Right. <laughs> so difficult to say, because since I was a kid, I used to spend time with him uh, in his uh, office and all little design. Then honestly... At the end of the 80s, I started to do the project more seriously. I started with uh, some um, industrial design project when I was already 14, 15. And uh -huh. then the car, for the car, I started in 1988, seriously. Means uh, normally I was going in the office, uh, not every day, but nearly looking at all the procedures to, 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 to build and to design. Of course, right. to make the build cars. And then in 88, uh, um, there was a car very fantastic that uh, was called uh, Aztec and was a two-seater sports car. And, uh, I remember from, that car. Exactly. It made a lot of, it made a lot of news uh, back in the day. I remember <laughs> that very well. It was very unique and took some uh, inspiration from Star Wars uh, design or the movie. Uh, uh -huh. Everything was uh, on that movie, really inspire us to do some lines, especially on the side. It was very technical, this car, in terms of mm -hmm. details, and, and many things came really from my passion to scientific science fiction movie. And so that was my first approach. And Fantastic. then my first project was two years after, course called, it's called uh, Natska. On that the project, I started, uh -huh. yes, that started really... From zero, uh, my father said to me, I have no time. There is this project. Why don't you do it? <laughs> I was 24. Yeah. <laughs> I was 24. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I managed uh, this car completely from the chassis to the design. And my, my, my way of working is very complete if I can. 
when I can. Right. Yeah. I also remember the NASCA when it was um, first shown in the car magazines and back then, especially I was, I was a huge BMW fan. So for me, it was very interesting. <laughs> and to those who, who are not familiar with it, it, it looks like what um, the M1 would have evolved to be in the nineties had they continued to, to, to develop that. Uh, in a way, and and that's very interesting since the M1 was dev- designed by your father. Yes, yes, it all was born by that point. I mean, I remember I was very, very young, like fourteen, fifteen. The, the the BMW M1 in the workshop of my father. I remember all the all the moment when this car was built in in, in mass production, and also the first phase that was the model. And remain to me this very fantastic car. My father never wanted to buy one. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> so, so when I had the time and the money to buy, I bought that must one. Have been so frustrating yes. as a yes, kid, I, it must be so frustrating yes, to, to, yes, to see your dad design yes, the M1 and him yes, not wanting no. to buy it. <laughs> was too expensive. So my father said, we're going to buy some uh, car with four seats and not with two seats only. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of uh, Lancia Delta, et cetera, et cetera, but not the M1. So when I, when I could, I bought one, and uh, on that I study uh, all the ergonomy that was very unique at the time, uh, very comfortable, this car, and many other things. The uh, design of the NASCAR is completely, completely different. So my intention was to make the new M1. In fact, uh, the original name was M12. Uh-huh. And my father said that the people don't remember when you put number. Or, or, or a single letter. People remember the name. So we call it Nazca M12. <laughs> right. But everybody remember as, as a Nazca. As a Nazca. Yeah. That's a, that's a very amazing, um, first design for a young designer yes. to come out to market with. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on that. Um, so, you know, throughout both, uh, your, your, your dad's design firm, um, and mm-hmm. then as well as your designs, you guys have, kind of um, uh, span the whole spectrum from, you know, uh, uh, very exotic uh, sports cars to mass market cars. And uh, I kind of really like that uh, approach where, you know, the, you're not ignoring the mass market cars and you're, you're uh, uh, you know, the thinking is that great design is not just for the rare ultra expensive cars, Absolute. but, you know, Absolute. mass market cars Absolute. should also be beautiful. Um yeah, I'd love to get your take on uh, on that, and especially like with with uh, cars like the VW Golf that you uh, your father yes, designed. My father, yeah, yes. But, uh, the at the end, uh, unfortunately, or oh, thanks God, I don't know. We are known more by this exotic car uh, mm-hmm. magazine, and everybody very often are more interested to show this extreme uh, extreme project that from. The project point of view are really uh, difficult to do anyway. Mm-hmm. So I started with the NASCA because my father said, if you can make a nice beauty sports car where everything is very difficult, it's a good uh, challenge and a good exercise. The two years after, one year after 1992, I designed a small car called uh, Lucciola at that time. 1992, uh-huh. so NASA was 1991, starting 1990, of course. And, uh, of course, uh, a few people remember that. But this car, at the end, after seven years, became a world car. was produced by Daewoo GM Group. Uh, uh, so, at the end, 
the exercise made just after a sports car allowed me to do a very difficult, cheap uh, combat car for, for, for all world market. So uh, anyway, uh, that is one example. Then, of course, mm -hmm. together with my father, the Grande Punto, uh, the San Alfarobeo, etc. So the, the, right. the production car that are not really exotic uh, are, are many, but of course, we all remember Shoker and exotic like Lamborghini Gallardo. That is for me, I'm proud to have designed the Gallardo as well. I'm proud to design the Diago Matiz. So um, what are some of the challenges that go into designing a mass market car versus a limited run uh, exotic? The mass production are complicated because, uh, first of all, compared to the exotic car, the price is the, mm -hmm. the most important point. Uh, so you must, of course, realize a beauty model, beautiful model. At the same time, you have to calculate and, and, and of course, be really uh, involved in all the process uh, that uh, is very complicated, where, for example, the Matiz was just three meter and a half or a little bit more, five uh, seat, etc., uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, no? So right. uh, uh, an exotic car, you start to have big wheels, big engine, <laughs> very yeah. low, very wide. It's like we normally say, it's like a, an, a beautiful girl. If, the, if she's got a long legs, it's a good start. So when you start when the <laughs> car is low, wide, and, and uh, big wheels is, is a good start compared to a mass production car where there are, of course, a lot of more limits. And, 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 and that for sure at the end, is uh, is uh, I didn't give you more satisfaction, honestly. When you ask my father which one of the car he prefer at all, you say Fiat Panda. <laughs> There's nothing to right. do. <laughs> Santana Alfa Romeo GT Junior because was uh, his first car at the end. But uh -huh. the Fiat Panda as a project is more complete than any. Right. I mean, the the Panda has uh, had such a resurgence in uh, interest level and cult status. Um, it is such a simple yet. Uh, um, you know, complete design. Uh, everything just works very similar to the VW Golf, of course. Uh, they're both kind of similar shapes and you just can't uh, help yes. but love that. love that design. <laughs> the Panda also is my first car when I had the license in Italy, of course, oh, 18 really? years old, you need it, was uh -huh. my first car. Yeah. I saw the Panda growing since 1976. Uh -huh. So I was really 11 years and nearly... <laughs> And, and then I love it because I knew all the detail of this car. I knew everything. And so when I had the license, that was my first car, even if it was already a little bit old. But uh, in 1983, I had uh, my first car that was a band. Um, you talk about the challenge of um, uh, for designing the mass market car, maintaining budgets mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, yes. making sure that the price doesn't balloon. But, you know, we've heard all too often about the same challenge for the exotic sports cars where projects just become so oh. expensive that they become failures by the time they enter the market. Um, so you have... Yes, mm -hmm. but uh, as, a, as a designer, I mean, the, the old project, yes, of course, also involve... Uh, a lot of uh, problems, budget, and some uh, projects are not at the end, arrive at the end. But from the design point of view, um, this doesn't affect us. We are more free to invent than on a compact car or on a mass production car. So when we have to design 
an exotic car at the end, uh, the, the way it is manufactured, the way it's uh, designed, the, the many luxury or important uh, points uh, and, and detail doesn't make the difference. Uh, but of course, uh, the process at the end, uh, very few uh, go to, to production because many exotic at the end has an operation that are wrong from the beginning and not because of the design, not because of the design. Right. I want to explore some of these uh, really cool exotics that you have been uh, behind um, mm -hmm. uh, that maybe some people don't know about, such as the Lamborghini Cala. Can you tell us <laughs> about that project? Uh, that project is a surprise uh, at the time when the Lamborghini was not part of the Volkswagen Group uh, engineer Pieck because he was shocked by the fact we had, we had done at mm -hmm. the time a uh, uh, mid-engine extreme car, mm -hmm. but quite tall. So the proportion of this car was uh, honestly not the best in terms of proportion because we wanted to do uh, comfortable. So the roof was quite high, so the car looks uh, more compact, and that was positive, but a little bit uh, strange at, at that time. Uh, but anyway, after that, uh, when... Uh, when uh, after that experience that from the point of view of the details and the general project was really appreciated by <laughs> engineer Pieck at the time president of Volkswagen, when they bought the Lamborghini, at the end, uh, a lot of this experience uh, was transferred to the, to the Gallardo, even if it was a different approach, but in my hand remained many things <laughs> that uh, at the end was... Uh, was a set uh, in the design of the Gallardo. If you compare the two cars, are completely different in general because one is very rounded, more rounded than the Gallardo, and, uh, and the Gallardo is, is, is the client is more rounded and the Gallardo is more sharp, uh, more modern. At the end, the, the mass production, because at the end it was anyway a mass production car, um, in terms of design, is much better than the Shoker, much better than Gallardo than the Cala. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Were there some specific uh, requests made by the VW Group in um, in, uh, in in designing the Gallardo since they uh, didn't go forward with the Cala? What was the feedback? The the Cala uh, the Cala the Gallardo uh, was at the time. After a long time for Lamborghini, a uh, really mass production car because um, the production before the, 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 the Gallardo was about 500 car per, per, per year and maybe less. And this one was a, a big jump into a production, let me say, close to Ferrari uh, and a number like uh, 3,000 units per year. That's completely different. So... The design was one point, but was uh, important uh, to uh, respect, uh, like a mass production car, all the problematic for a pro for a mass production car. First of all, we had to use uh, many components from the group uh -huh. and to hide it. Right. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of freedom, but uh, many things uh, uh, we had to respect. Um, at the end, the Gallardo was a beautiful uh, result because uh, um, it's spectacular, very spectacular car, especially at the time, but at the same time, quite, let me say, calm, quite uh, popular. No? In order to reach 
not only the crazy taste that normally the Lamborghini guys got, right. but to try also to, to, to be more uh, accepted by all more, more, more customers. So to don't be too much uh, extreme, mm-hmm. extreme. I have one in my museum. I love it yeah. today. And I'm not, it's not so loud, may I say, than, than the other. It's interesting to hear you say that. Um, I'm not sure a lot of people would agree that uh, the Gallardo <laughs> is not loud in design, that is, um, because that's kind of one of the selling points of a Lamborghini is, is for it is to be seen and to be to be kind of bold yes. and, and loud in a way. But you're also correct that this was a very, you know, mass market car as far as, you know, yeah. supercars go. Uh, so it was very delicate. Yeah. Yes. The, the project was very delicate, um, uh, especially in the rear where at the end we had the, the first model was made with the, the roof and the two wings going then to the special lights that were the first light, real lights that went also on top. On this area, uh, the building was narrow, very narrow. So it was more uh, extreme. Then uh, they had to change it uh, because uh, at the beginning the engine was uh, fitted from uh, from from uh, under, no, from under the floor. Uh-huh. And then for manufacturing problem, they had to put the engine from top. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had to make the the rear part a little bit wider because uh, the engine were were not uh, getting easily inside. Right. So the only modification we have done uh, after the motor was that and. That made a little bit less extreme, may I say. Uh-huh. You've had a lot of um, uh, history with the VW Group over the years, correct? You've, uh, you've also done <laughs> yes. the Bugatti Chiron. Yes, 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 yes. But the Volkswagen Group, uh, for my father especially, and then our company, myself, uh, is very important for our life because in the end of the 60s, so Mm-hmm. Beginning of the 70s, then arrived the Volkswagen Golf, the first Golf, the revolutionary car. Right. This relation between, uh, personal relation between us, you know, me and my father and Mr. Pieck, at the end, uh, uh, went in many, many different projects. Many, uh, may I say, are still secret or are not uh, really known. Uh-huh. But we've been involved working with Volkswagen really since the 70s, thanks to, first of all, Mr. Pieck and um, President Han, that, uh, was a very <laughs> good uh, president as well, Pierre. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, then the most spectacular car that we then we did for them are, of course, the three prototype uh, with Bugatti. When Pierre bought the Bugatti, immediately asked us to make uh, these three prototype. The first was um, a big uh, uh, two plus two uh, sports car uh, front engine. Then the big sedan for four doors uh-huh. called uh, 218. And, and then the Chiron. The Chiron, uh, at the time, uh, was made in collaboration with Lamborghini, uh, supposed to go in production. Uh, and then uh, for some reason was uh, evoluted. So the Chiron became the Veron. Uh, internally, for many political reasons, they managed this car. This model to be completely made by Bugatti and not by, by an external uh, studio because at the time uh, we were independent. So it was changed, but the soul of this car remain a lot. If you look, right? I still believe it was a little bit more romantic and less aggressive. Yeah. Different in, the, in some, some points different, but uh, was, uh, is the Chiron, the first Chiron 
a great, uh, great one. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> has softer lines to it, especially the the rear, uh, the rear how the, yeah. uh, the the engine yeah. is displayed through that. Uh, uh, is it back to yeah. I take it. Yeah. Uh, very elegant. And it hark, harks back to um, the yeah. Echo days in, in a bit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, 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 the intention, the front remained very similar to the, to the Veron at the end, but the rear was completely different. I tried to make it personally. This car was made personally by, by, by myself. The rear very Bugatti. There are some cars in the past, Atlantic, with this kind of rear, with this kind of lights. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, was a lot related to to that, and that strategy of of, of of Bugatti was different, also because had more problem than in aerodynamics because the, the Chiron started with only 555 horsepower, and then the Veyron arrived with more than 1,000 so right. and 400 kilos per hour. So the rear was changed also for deep. Uh, 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 research uh, in the wind tunnel and then the rear was uh, completely changed for aerodynamical point. Yeah, makes sense. Another um, yeah, cool yeah. VW project that you did uh, the last year you showed me when we were at the Automobile Museum in um, Turin, there was that really <laughs> uh, charming concept car that you did with VW uh, called the Makimoto, where you're sitting uh, motorcycle <laughs> style in an open car. Uh, <laughs> What was, what was the, what was the <laughs> that? that was really cool. It, it's such a charming car. I said that I start uh, seriously from '88. This one was '86, uh, and uh, that was most my father, especially as a uh, as an invention, because this 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 car was absolutely a, a new invention of a leisure car for for young, in order to to have a kind of a cheap, simple car like let me say the Umbagi. Uh, but very safe uh, at the same time with the position of the driver and passenger like a motorbike. So also the design was uh, was made in order to show that the way you drive is a motorbike, even has got four wheels. Mm-hmm. How you sit is a motorbike, but you are safe. <laughs> you are driving with more safe in in in, in, a, in a car. Right. Uh, on that, uh, with my father, I remember we were in holiday. A friend of mine arrived, arrived with a motoguzzi, uh-huh. and we took uh, all the dimension in order to to use the beautiful driving po- position of a motoguzzi, and we designed the car on that summer uh, using the <laughs> the, 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 the number, let me say, you know, the ergonomy and many, it means uh, many. Items right. from from uh, from the motor goods. Then the design was yeah. It, it looks like uh, a, made by my father. It looks like it would be a really cool island car, just driving around Capri yeah. or uh, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Completely open. I use it. You don't know how how many times I use this car for holidays uh-huh. in Sardinia the year after. Um, was made together with Volkswagen because Volkswagen. Uh, I think in some um, in some meeting saw this project and they wanted to put uh, the, 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 the engine from the Golf GTI. Mm-hmm. So it was extremely powerful. And uh, one uh, summer, so I used it for two summers, no? was uh, introduced in 86. We bring this car in summer 86. In summer 87, the president of Volkswagen wanted to have, because he was uh, having, uh, he was, uh, was at the holiday very close uh, to us, 
And uh, he saw the car and said, man, use it. He used this car <laughs> around Sardinia for a week. And there was a, a cover of a very famous magazine, German magazine called Stern, uh -huh. with the president of Volkswagen driving the Mackinac. No was on the coast. <laughs> <laughs> was on the coast. That's really cool. So Absolutely. jumping from uh, project to project, you work on so many different uh, projects with different requirements and so forth from you know, very economic mm -hmm. uh, models to hypercars and everything in between. Are there any kind of design philosophies or values that um, you carry and apply consistently through all of these projects? Or do you approach each one with a blank sheet and look at what that project's uh, mission is and, and go from there? No, the, the way we work is nearly the same and come from the car design method. So... I can say that also when I design a building, a house, an interior, really come 100% for that, but very close. So, you know, I have three divisions. No? I have the car, which is GFG Correct. style. Then the Giugiaro uh, Architettura, that has two divisions inside. One is the pure architectural project, like the Juventus Stadiums, uh -huh. uh, football stadium or the university made together with Foster, so big building, interior, etc. Right. Then the industrial division, industrial design division is very close to the method we normally have uh, uh, from, from car design, especially when, of course, we design a train, the interior of the coach and the train, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and buses and uh, aircraft interior. So we transfer a lot of our way of uh, uh, doing, first of all, as a method, and secondary, as an approach. Uh, in, there's nothing you can say, I hope, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, this car is designed by Giugiaro, or this uh, train is designed by Giugiaro. The, the, all the customer has different needs and must be treated in a different, also, way of styling. Um, very often, uh, Zagato Aston Martin is not an Aston Martin design, maybe that's from Zagato. There is an Zagato and it is an Aston Martin or also Gandini. Mm -hmm. So uh, Gandini, for example, has this incredible way of doing so. He, 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 he transfer his vision like an artist in all his uh, um, project, all project he has done, especially in car, you recognize that was Gandhi. Yeah, everything if has a signature. The Bugatti, yeah, you can Exactly. The, the way we design, me and my father, is completely different. First of all, the car must be beautiful, must be successful for the company that uh, produce and spend and invest a lot of money. So there is a big difference, of course, from the Bugatti Chiron to the Fiat Panda. Mm -hmm. You can say it's made by the same designer. No? That is the, at the same time, happened to me when we do industrial design. When we do, uh, it's the, very different the uh, Juventus Stadium from the University of, of Torino or, 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 or other building we have done around uh, the world. So that is really the difference. We, in the 80s, um, there was an advisement, a commercial on a paper that we wanted to, to underline another way. It said, Giugiaro doesn't sign, Giugiaro make project. That's very important. We are interested to make project and we are interested to give success to the customer that produce right. <laughs> the object. All right. So that is very, very, very different from any other architect or designer. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I'm happy when I've done the Mustang. I've done the Mustang right. prototype and the Corvette called Murray. Both cars, I was very proud when the American recognized that as a model made by GM or by Ford. Yeah. That was for me very important because I wanted to uh, create a new model, but a Mustang is a Mustang and a Corvette is a Corvette. Yeah, you have to be respectful to their heritage and what they stand for. The, the, this is in general, sometime, uh, that happened in the 80s. My father was quite upset about that. The company asked you to make a revolution. So the Fiat Panda has nothing to uh, compare to the Fiat uh, 500 or even more, the Volkswagen Golf. One, nothing to compare to the Volkswagen Beetle. So when the company need to do a revolution, then uh, we absolutely uh, make a completely different design. Right. Completely different design. But for a Bugatti, you have to take care. For a Mustang, you have to take care. For a Lamborghini, also, you have to take care about the, 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 the design. Right. So it's a much more client-centric approach, looking um, at what uh, serves the client best, as opposed to making sure that everything yeah. has your signature or your design DNA in it. Yeah. No, no, no. The, the, even because the, there's no particular way of uh, styling that recognize us maybe when are good <laughs> in all the point of view from the ergonomy from the beauty from uh, everything maybe it's designed by Giuseppe right. I like that but uh, a car is coming, oh, beautiful car, uh, not, ah, this is a Giugiaro car. This is not uh, what we wanted to do. Well, I, I would have to kind of um, beg to differ, at least on one uh, one or two designs, the, the parkour, for example, that you did, which is uh, mm -hmm. really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You call it the sports, uh, you call it the uh, hyper, hyper SUV. Hyper SUV. So it's a two-door, it's hyper a coupe, um, but it's uh, it's definitely yeah. a hypercar mid-engine, mid uh, but it's raised and it's designed to go off-road. And uh, when I first saw it, um, the front uh, definitely reminded me of a, uh, a Mangusta. Uh, and uh, so there's, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but uh, there is uh, something of a Mangusta yeah. in, that, in that front. Because in the front, uh, there is a particular, let me say, connection that is uh, so sharp, mm -hmm. no? And, uh, and uh, with the, this edge that goes around all the, the front, the lights that, of course, in the parkour are LED, very extreme, very modern, are inside the grill. And may I say, from the top view is not flat, but from the front uh, view looks like very flat, like, uh, like the Mangusta. Right. Uh, the hood is quite long. Uh, for the rest, uh, it's incredible that uh, the Mangusta that my father think is one of the most important uh, design uh, uh, as a revolutionary car is more uh, sharp than the than the than the parkour the parkour may I say has got some lines that may I say come more from the 60 the uh, mangusta was a real break from the line of the 60 and get into the 70 so in 66 when it was introduced was was uh, really much more modern for example than the ghibli that was introduced here in Torino on the same day together. And my father recognized that the Mangusta, one of his masterpieces, because made a big revolution in terms of design. And the parkour in, has some similarity in the front because we see this big black mm -hmm. uh, line, you know, that integrate lights and grill, like the Mangusta. Yeah. Like the Mangusta. Absolutely.
Last year, we launched Petrolicious membership to empower and elevate our community who celebrate the Drive Tastefully ethos. From weekly member-exclusive films, exploring the world's finest homologation specials or storied classic car workshops, to our quarterly print publication, Drive Tastefully, Petrolicious membership is your gateway into the most exclusive automotive content, period. Members receive priority access and preferred pricing to our classic car rallies and gatherings around the globe, and special member pricing on all goods and gear in the Petrolicious shop. Membership is 50% off during our special quarantine pricing starting at $29 per year. Visit us at Petrolicious.com to learn more. You also designed a um, a very interesting tractor that won the Compostadoro uh, uh, Award. And uh, for, for yes. the layman yes. such as myself who doesn't understand why does a tractor need uh, Jujaro to design it. Uh, you know, the tractor is a utilitarian thing and it's, the design has been around for, you know, uh, many decades. So why did they come to you to design a tractor and what was the, yeah, what was the mission? Okay. We, we are, let me say more, we are quite famous about this tractor because, uh, uh became, uh, Compassodoro. So the tractor was awarded one of the most important award Award uh, for the design, no? industrial design is uh, is a uh, is very important. My father took uh, four, one for the Panda, for the Brera, and from other points. But the tractor that is known, you know, uh, and it is uh, made for the Sami Group, uh, and in the one took uh, the award is the Deus Farm. So Sami Group is an Italian company that owns a German uh-huh. company <laughs> called uh, Deus yeah. Farm. So uh, their relation with Same, with a family called Carozza family, uh, came uh, started in the 80s. So we did a big revolution. Uh, they 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 came to us again, not because we make uh, something just stylistically interesting, but because they wanted to introduce ergonomy and process to produce like, let me say, a car with the quality of the car. So after many years of this uh, training, let me say, with them, uh, on, a, on, on a very special one called uh, uh, 7250, uh, Sam Deusfar Agro we took the um, Compassodoro mm-hmm. Award. Uh, what's happened that uh, we continue this experience with them since 80, because it is true that also, for this kind of object, if it is wise and uh, the styling doesn't make a problem, first of all, to the cost of the production and to the ergonomy, etc., the people that has to stay all day around uh, the mice right. <laughs> and the corn, if it's also beautiful, why not? So Same understood that the, 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 the selling with a, let me say, more beautiful uh, tractor are better and now is more than 20 years, nearly 30 years that we work with them and we had a lot of success and I'm so proud to have my unique award in design that is for a tractor, first time in the world, a world story. Mm-hmm. And that is the story. Anyway, we introduced ergonomy, much more. Uh, the styling, I may say, okay, must be yeah. beautiful, even because the tractor has a big wheel, so the start was anyway. No, it, it looks like a very but, uh, menacing uh, machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, but at the same time, remember that this group has got four uh-huh. brands. Some, sorry, three brands. Same, Deusfar, and Lamborghini. 
So they have also to manage with keeping a lot of uh, component anyway, giving to these three brands different uh, styling and, and, uh, um, and, and approach. The Lamborghini is, uh, has got a certain line, the Deus Far, which is German, very strong, the Sunny, which is Italian, another thing. So, uh, it's like uh, working for Volkswagen Group, you know, the Tuareg, the Porsche Cayenne. And, uh, and, and the Q7 at the time had the, the same component uh, and portion and Cayenne, uh, Cayenne and Tuareg had the same right. door. <laughs> Nobody remembered that we buying a port the same door, all of those wagons. Nobody had this problem. So with this approach, uh, I think was very successful. And still we are working with, uh, with, uh, the Osval Summit Group, uh, with the Familia Carrozza. We have done recently a very delicate one. Called Frutteto because it's the, the little, the very little one that used to go together uh, with other big machine, uh, in, but in a much more difficult situation. Right. <laughs> very cool. Um, I want to jump back to one model that you mentioned, which was, uh, I think you said it was your father's first design, the Alfa Romeo uh, uh, Sprint GT. Is that correct? Yeah. See, so that first mass production because, yes, the first was the. 2006 sprint, okay. no, but, uh, honestly, is he say that for him is, is the Julia GT Jr. There's nothing to do is uh-huh. <laughs> for him is a big, big project, more, much more complicated. Uh, and, and he was under the army. He was doing the service for two years. So he designed it when he was <laughs> during the army in the, in the spare time. Mr. Bertone gave to him an apartment with a, with a, a table to design when he had the, 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 the time off, uh, he designed this police right. car during his, uh, <laughs> his nice. it's, uh, it's one of my all time favorites, as you know, uh, you know, I'm a big Afrista a <laughs> and that design is, uh, yes. you know, again, at first it seems like a simple design, but there's so much going on in, uh, that small object. And, uh, um, also the, the, the face of the car has an element that I really like in, in, uh, a number of, uh, sports cars, which is it's both cute and aggressive at the same time. It makes me, you know, other, other cars that I think share that, um, kind of, uh, philosophy are like the BMW 2002 with its, you know, similar big eyes, yes. but, uh, trying to look mean, kind of like yes, a, yes, yes. A, a, a puppy bulldog that, uh, that, you know, uh, <laughs> is aggressive, but it's also super cute. Uh, so yeah, uh, um, that, that the sprint GT is, is definitely an all time favorite design of mine. So obviously since the design of the sprint GT to now, um, the job of the designer has become a lot more complicated, uh, navigating so many, not just requirements from the clients, but, uh, obviously, uh, regulations and, uh, homologation requirements and so forth. Uh, I'm curious to get your take on what, where the current state of automotive design is. Like, what do you like about, uh, current designs? What would, you know, what kind of frustrates you? Yeah. Uh, when my father was doing the car in the 60s, uh, there were much more uh, difficult uh, situation because anyway, he had to do a, a, a sketch on a paper, then make the sketch bigger. <laughs> on a big I mean, the process was very right. difficult. I started in, in IT with this and I switched immediately to the computer. So first of all, difficult to compare. Uh, is uh, more chaotic now the situation because there are so many models 
in the world that is difficult to do something really completely different. So that is a big challenge today. But in terms of uh, tools that we have today and the fact that we can see in a second uh, the world of, of, of cars uh, everywhere using just a telephone help us uh, a lot. So uh, in this moment, there is one point that is very particular and unique, let me say like the 60s, because this situation of uh, changing power train, if will be real, because I'm not totally sure we will all switch into mm-hmm. electric, the electric vehicle that I believe will be successful more on for the exotic an hypercar than the mass production uh, make you a lot, let you uh, allow us, sorry, to, to, to do much more and we are much more free. And this freedom scare me because if I'm totally free, like an electric vehicle, uh, absolutely it is mm-hmm. true. All the mistakes I do are my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> in the traditional car, you can say, okay, the hood is very high because there was an engine inside so big, the engineer. So anyway, there is much more freedom now with this moment of technical revolution, especially in the electric vehicle, that allowed us to do much more and at the same time allowed us <laughs> to don't make mistakes because, because there's no excuse. Right. But honestly, yes, in this moment is unique. There is a really a big changement and we can do a lot in the interior, a lot in the exterior. Uh, but if uh, we think that for mass production car, the electric uh, powertrain will be the solution, I'm afraid they're still not sure, especially now that after the situation, the oil is uh, cheaper than the water. Right. So I don't know if... <laughs> If uh, the electric vehicle will be absolutely the the solution for sure is a beautiful solution for uh, for extreme uh, exotic car mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah it makes you wonder why you know uh, there's such a push by governments around the world to subsidize it and uh, require it when you know history has shown us that uh, governments are typically terrible at predicting what technologies will, will, will be successful ones. Um, I'm curious to get your take as to yes. why you think for the supercars, electric will be very successful. Yeah, because uh, when you drive an exotic car, uh, what you want is power, power, power. And I just received, I have a Tesla Model X, which is a two ton, nearly three tons cars. I received a, 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 an update that allowed the car to do zero 100 kilometers per hour or zero 60 miles in less than three seconds. So 2.8 seconds. Okay. Unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I bought it for three seconds and now there is an update, Mm -hmm. uh, no, to a software update in the car, which is a seven seat. Uh, tall, three tons of weight, etc., is faster than many right. So that is an example. Mm-hmm. So with an electric vehicle, you can reach what the the, the goal of a sports car uh, uh, is possible easier than an engine. So zero hundred less than three seconds are very few yeah, cars. Absolutely. So the sports cars, for sure, I did the um, kangaroo. 
the 2030, the Barchetta for Bandini, all these was very easy to make the performance really extreme. Um, then uh, when you use this car that maybe not daily or if anyway, you have less stress to charge it than a, a car that you are using for work. So I believe that first of all, the way of an electric vehicle uh, goes, no, the way you right. drive, it's unbelievable because the four, for example, four electric engine in front of the, of the, of the wheels without transmission, without gearbox give you an effect that no other car in the world with a petrol mm -hmm. can give you. There's nothing to do. Then people say, oh, but what is boring because they are mm -hmm. quiet. After a few times you are driving, you are immediately used and you have the perception that quiet is performance. Right. That is funny. It's, yeah. Okay. We are all, all fan of uh, Ferrari engine, Lamborghini engine, Alfa Romeo engine, etc. But then the new generation and also myself, when I jump out, I drive in an I-Pace and a Tesla. When I go to my Lamborghini, anyway, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the same, uh, let me say, uh, I'm not so enthusiast to, to drive anymore, a exotic car with, a, with, with a noisy and, and vibration, uh, Right. In fact, yeah, so, today, unfortunately, with, um, you know, so many AMGs and other high performance cars that have, uh, manufactured and contrived exhaust no noises that are, you know, made louder on purpose by the manufacturer. Uh, yeah, yes. it, it sounds so artificial. Yes, yes. It, it really puts me off. Uh, but, uh, what you said yeah. about quite is performance actually reminds me of, um, uh, Back in the 80s, I remember there was kind of a small movement to um, like really tune high-end Mercedes and obviously Rolls Royces and other luxury cars to be as quiet as possible. That was kind of like the the, <laughs> the, the the way you showed off a car is how quiet it is. You can't hear it coming. So, you know, I hope we, we do get away from this contrived uh, uh, exhaust sound at some point soon. Then, of course, when we are in the show, you know, in, 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 a, in, a, in a show like Villa Veste or Concord, sure. Beach, etc., we all love listening to the Bugatti engine, etc., etc. But uh, honestly, we don't have to forget that at that time, mm -hmm. on the world, there were very few, and it was something. Now we cannot be surrounded by noisy, smelling and pollution by this car. So it's absolutely correct that the performance now came from a better respect to everybody. So the battery are heavy. It's not so easy. The car, the electric vehicle with a lot of performance to stay below two tons is very difficult. I'm very happy to have done the 2030, the hyper SUV I made this uh -huh. year, which is uh, less than 2,000 kilo, which is really an incredible uh, result, and the car makes a 0, 103 seconds. But, of course, uh, that is uh, the price we have to pay. The car, of course, are more right. heavy, are heavier than that. At least for now until technology. But improves. you can split, yeah. yes, yes. But, but you have the, all the weight uh, really low, so driving the electric vehicle, you, you feel that uh, you can do a mm -hmm. lot more than a normal. Right. Car. 
Is your uh, the GFG kangaroo? Is that um, going to be made into production, or is that at this stage uh, still a concept? It's still a concept. We had uh, a lot of uh, requests to to proceed. We're still discussing, so it's possible that will go in production. Right. I can say uh, for sure, but uh, there are many possibilities. Now the moment is what you know, what all the world knows. So to say that. It's time to think about these toys. I don't know, but uh, if uh, if uh, the situation will be better, it's probable that this car will go in production. Sure. I also want to touch on um, your extremely fast uh, powerboat, the Juji, which uh, you were <laughs> so generous to give me a ride in uh, last summer. Uh, we're talking about this. Uh, yeah. Um, how would you describe it? It has two engines, each one putting out, I forget how many, how many horsepower. What was it? Uh, Mercury Arcol uh, 111. Uh -huh. uh, one, uh, like, like this, I mean, 1000, uh, no, 115, 1150 horsepower wow. each, which is not really no. much, <laughs> but, but uh, the, the, the boat is very light. It's less than, uh, than uh, six right. tons. And very narrow is less than two meters. It's like a, really a rocket on the, on the, on the, on right. the water. And there is a, another very unique pro, project because um, uh, the world champion of the V class offshore, Mr. Aaron, mm -hmm. uh, sent us, uh, exactly, um, asked me to, uh, let me say, um, to put a dress, uh -huh. no, to put a vest over is uh let's say chassis i mean the all of the of the of the juji is the same uh, of the one he won for five times the world championship nice. uh so the challenge was to make a boat that everybody can drive at incredible speed of 200 kilometers per hour with uh, absolutely uh, easy and at the same time with an interior that you can leave with a special trick of the uh, roof, let me say, that goes up and allows you to stay up, even if this is a rocket. So we introduce many tricks in order to let you leave this powerboat like a normal yacht uh, for two or four people, uh, but uh, going at 200 kilometers per hour. And the funny thing is that... He teach me, Sharon mm -hmm. teach me, uh, Aaron teach me to go. And I was very timid and very shy to drive it very quickly. So normally I was going 150, 160, which is already <laughs> a lot. And one day, one day when I was alone with some of my brave friends, I could reach 200. Then I call Aaron and he said to me, you reach 200. Are you crazy? You are the only one, not professional <laughs> driver that could reach this speed. <laughs> he said to me, be careful. Well, but uh, honestly, the boat is so, so, yeah. so safe. It's very, very, well, very easy to, to, to. When you to, gave me a ride, I think we only went, and I'm saying only a hundred and two miles per hour. So, so 80. yeah, 160, 180 kilometers. <laughs> and each time we hit a wave, <laughs> my, spine gets compact. It's, I don't know how you guys can uh, drive that boat at extended periods of time. It is such a fast It, it depends from, from the, 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 the waves of situation and, and sea condition. Yeah. But uh, compared to other, uh, we had uh, 
absolutely less problem on your spine than any other <laughs> boat. Yeah, that speed, if we had a normal one, you were, me and you were right. dead. <laughs> absolutely dead. Nice. Uh, so that because, uh, except the shape, uh, the chassis, let's call it chassis from, uh, from uh, Chantal, yeah. from Aro Chantal is absolutely great. In fact, he win, he won five times the world champion with that, uh, with that uh, chassis, uh-huh. let's say. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing uh, so much with me today. Um, are there any other projects Grazie. that uh, that we left out that you wanted to touch on? Also yeah, many, have, also many have... uh, that uh, I did uh, with my father. And uh, let me say once more that uh, we didn't mention, but I love uh, the Sibilla. That was my father, absolutely project. But the, the fact that uh, for his anniversary of eight uh-huh. years old, I could help him. I could just uh-huh. help me to do this beautiful sedan for me. One of the projects that I, I could uh, say I mentioned because it's a beautiful design by my father. I could be part right. of that. And uh, I tell you something more. And then we close. Uh, when my father decides to leave, uh, to leave uh, Ital Design, somebody from Volkswagen said, your father will never leave Ital Design because who? Can you imagine your father at 80 years old? Well, he think he can mm-hmm. go without the <laughs> And the Sibylla was just right. the answer. My father is still doing, I just made the Barchetta uh, Bandini. The guys that said that these uh, words is not working uh-huh. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. Yeah, got, do you keep- Design has no age. Design has exactly. No age. I hope uh, at eight years old to be as good as my father yeah. today. Wonderful. Well, you're certainly off to a fantastic start and uh, we all look forward to new projects and designs from uh, from your new ventures. We yeah. will do a lot. Still still working, still working. Fantastic. Still well, thank you again, Fabrizio. Uh, this has been really wonderful and uh, great to get some insight into uh, how you work. Thank you. Thank you. A special thank you to all of our Petrolicious fans joining us from all over the world. Join us next time for another conversation on Petrolicious Talks. I'm Afshin Benia, reminding you to always drive tastefully.